there you go. It's that kind of a time, you know, and we just have to be who we are in spite of it or because of it. Right? I don't think we could be anything but who we are. Really? Okay. (laughs) Have we really given it our full effort, Diane? To try to be somebody else? Try to be someone else, yes. I mean, I don't know. Do people do that? Is that a thing? (laughs) (laughs) It's 8.04 a.m. Saturday, April the 20th, 2019. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane Show. Being who we really are. Being who we really are. <laughs> After missing a week, we knew we were missing a week. Do you think we should have said something? Because, you know, the thousands of, well. The, the tens. The, the tens. That's a term that's already being used by a different podcast. Oh, really? The tens of listeners. That's what that's what TBTL. Oh. If you're a fan of TBTL, you are a ten. There are tens. There are elevens. There are fives. We're at the children of tens. The elevens are people who, who are forced to listen to TBTL because they live with a ten. I'm an eleven. Then. You're an eleven. <laughs> anyway, it has been. I think we can say, at least from my perspective, it's been a hectic couple of weeks here in Lake Amphetamine because. Uh, one of the reasons, or the main reason, why there was no show last week is that I was working. What the heck? What the heck? Well, I had, I had agreed to do some fill-in work at uh, at my doctor's office because both the regular people were going to be on vacation for spring break at the same time, and uh, the doctors in the practice thought of me as somebody who might be able to handle the the job. So I had trained and I had done my training. Uh, with Sarah, the regular person there, and I'd, I'd gone through the entire emotional uh, quagmire of my inner brain. I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. In response to that, thinking, "Oh my gosh, I can't do this. I'm, you know, I'm going to fall apart yeah, I'm mentally or something because of my autoimmune situation, and there was all this fear and anxiety running through me." And then as I was driving home on the evening after my last training, uh, the afternoon before I was going to have my first solo day in the office, I said to myself, you know, Bill, all this anxiety that you're feeling, you're completely generating this all by yourself. There's no one is putting any anxiety on you. You're just, you know, creating it for yourself. And then I felt better. And it actually went very well. And I'm very happy to be doing this uh, as a fill-in person and giving back a little something to some people who have done a great deal for me. And uh, so I was working there last Saturday because my doctor is is only in town for about six days out of the month, six or seven days out of the month. And it's usually she will work over a weekend when she's in town. And so that's why I was working on Saturday. And we also had uh, the two main doctors in the practice over for dinner Saturday night, which was a blast. It was fun, right? It was wonderful. Yeah. And that was, you know, I loved having that day as sort of a domestic day. I just That's right. cleaned you did, you did a bunch and, of sprucing. And, and I also uh, did a lot of cooking, which I don't usually do so much. And I do love to cook. Yeah, Diane did some great cooking. We had a wonderful uh, dinner that night. It was very nice. Roasted veggies. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, you know, there hasn't been a lot of happening stuff other than that that's kind of been dominating the last couple of weeks of my life, at least, and kind of got me out of my regular schedule of, of activities, which was, you know, both a good thing and also kind of disruptive in a certain kind of way. But I think I adjusted okay. I didn't seem too out of it, did I? No, not yeah. at all. Yeah. Because it was a very uh, invigorating practice uh, to feel that I was of use, you know, in an area that has been of great use to me. So that's good. I do think that the times that we get away from going to concerts or you performing concerts makes me feel a little eager to to participate in that activity again. So I'm very get, happy that you're back to it. Yeah. going to be playing with Kat next week. Yeah. That is a very exciting concert for me. Yes, the on the 27th played. of April, Kat Eggleston and myself will be performing at the fabulous Cooth Buzzard Books and Espresso Buono Cafe. 8310 Greenwood Avenue North, Seattle, Washington. 98103, I believe. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, so that'll be good. And I'm also hopefully getting back into the studio to start to finish. To start to finish up on this recording project that I've been doinking around with for a year or so now. And now you're thinking about doing another one. Yeah, I am. I am thinking about doing another one. Well, just because the after going through all of the uh, the quagmire, the mental quagmire of trying to figure out how to make things more complicated, <laughs> I've realized that the best course for me is to keep things as simple as possible. <laughs> and achieving simplicity by slogging through complexity uh, is kind of a liberating kind of feeling. So it's kind of made me think, well, gee... If I can do this and keep it simple, then I can probably even do more. Keep that simple, too. It's all kind of, you know, oblique and not very uh, specific, I know. But it's really happening. So, <laughs> so there. So it's happening, whether it's oblique or not. It's things like that are happening. And they're going on in my head all the time. All these disparate pieces kind of... Pardon me, I'm having a drink of coffee. ...coming together and into uh, forming new perspectives. You... Boy. On very old issues. It's good coffee. So, it's progress in a weird kind of evolutionary sense. And it moves about at the same rate as, you know, rock decaying. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> Enough about that. Yeah. So, what's been happening in your life, Diane? Well, I, I just have in my mind uh, what I was talking to you sort of obliquely about. Yeah. And, and good word for, I like the word oblique. It's good. Um, before we started talking now, because I didn't want to have the conversation without... Oh, yeah. Without being know, able to share being it. Being on the, the show. The because then you would say, why did you talk about that now? We should yeah, have yeah. had it. You should have been done it on the said. show. I would have said that. That's true. It's I can hear true. myself saying that. with a, Probably with a little bit more of a critical edge to my voice, though. That would have been, you know, disruptively irritating. <laughs> um, <yeah>. Bill uh, <laughs> discovered a new musical artist 
through NPR, uh, the Tiny Desk Concerts. Yes. And we just really love this woman's voice and songs. She's a woman from Scotland. And you can tell people more about her in a minute, but I just wanted to say that as we were listening to her uh, recordings this morning, I was thinking about how hard it would have been for us to ever have heard this person when we were young. You know, that when we were young, all you ever got to hear was what was on the radio. And that was determined by executives and, you know, certain people were putting that music in front of you. And now it seems like you can hear all sorts of different musicians and it's all become a possibility because of the internet and the ways that people can put their their artistic works forth now because i was thinking now i have friends who put post up their art on facebook i i get to see and hear so much more than i ever was able to see and hear when i was young and it also takes people out of the realm of just being the famous, the the celebrities, and into people that you might even know. I I know so many artists that are phenomenal artists, and they are within my friend group. Yeah. So, yeah. and we get to see their art because there's more of a possibility of that now. So. It just made me think about that because I, as I was listening to this wonderful, uh, the wonderful songs we were listening to this morning, I was thinking there's no way that this woman would have broken through, I don't think, on any uh, typical radio station that I listened to when I was young. Yeah, well, I mean, she's been, I mean, she's, uh, let me just read from her yes, Wikipedia page please do. for a moment. Her name is Karen Polwart or Kareen. It's K-A-R-I-N-E. How would you pronounce that? Kareen or... I'd say by Kareen. Kareen Polwart. P-O-L-W-A-R-T. As a Scottish singer-songwriter, she writes and performs music with a strong folk and roots feel. She has been most recognized for her solo career, winning three awards at the BBC Folk Awards in 2005 and was previously a member of Malinke, or Malinke, and the Battlefield Band. So, anyway, she's got an amazing voice. She truly has an amazing yeah, voice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I would not, I don't know how I would have ever heard of her, unless Cat and John happened to find her and play her on the rolling wave. Uh, but if it but that's, the... what, that's proving my point even further, that there are all these avenues to listen to music if you decide, oh, I really like this music. Yeah. It's hard to find even the radio stations that would play those. Uh, because when I was young, I didn't have an entryway into discovering my love of Irish and Scottish music. Right. It would have been very difficult for me to find that. It hadn't been for somebody giving you a cassette tape at, at, when you were working at a law office. You never would have. Yes, Cindy, who yeah. often listens to our... Thank our, you, Cindy. Yeah. But even hers was a little bit more the the mainstream of that era. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it was not mainstream. It was right. a, a little 
Putumayo had a lot to do with, you know, uh, changing my musical, broadening my musical perspective, the series of albums that Putumayo put out years ago and are probably still putting out was another way in yeah. back before the internet was the way in. But now it seems like people, people, people can, you can do, you can dive into any kind of musical rabbit hole you want to through the internet. Uh, but for me, it's like I'm not always seeking out new music. Yeah. Uh, because somebody of my age, I mean, I've got the music I love right. already. But it's so it's refreshing and almost startling at this age to be to encounter someone who's as powerful and present and affecting as as this woman is with her with her music. So. Well, the other way that I find lots of new music is by listening to my friends' Mm -hmm. uh, suggestions. And certainly from Kat and John, uh, I've I've heard so much on the rolling wave that I just truly adore. And it's interesting because John really likes a lot of the old-time people who were before... (laughs) This music became popular, just sessions and things that go on in that realm, rather than having it always be uh, somebody of note, you know, somebody who's really known worldwide in the celebrity vein. He likes the people who are known by the musicians for what they do. And so, I don't know, I just was thinking about it today, how wonderful it has been that my musical discoveries have been influenced by being able to be a part of this generation that you can find things and i have discovered far more music that i absolutely adore through happenstance like this right so so i would definitely recommend if you go to the npr site and and look up the tiny desk concert uh watching her performance. Uh, the blurb on the tiny desk says, Scottish singer, songwriter, and essayist Karine Polwart seldom comes stateside. She prefers to limit air travel in order to minimize her carbon footprint. She took exception, however, to fly, fly from Edinburgh to New York City to participate in the Carnegie Hall Migrations Festival, a celebration of the history of the movement of people all around the world. Polwart and her brother, guitarist Stephen Polwart, and multi-instrumentalist Inga Thompson then escaped New York for a day to play the tiny desk here in Washington, D.C. Paul Wirt writes songs about hope, music that harnesses spiritual power, and lyrics that address important social justice issues. So yeah. she's just really, really, really good. And the album uh, called Laws of Motion uh, is just the, three, the trio. It's her and her brother and Inga Thompson are the performers on this album as well, uh, which came out, I believe, last year. Yeah, 2018. I really love her richly dense lyrics, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's not just the voice. It's it's just... The arrangements are really uh, amazing and affecting. And And it feels very healing, don't you think, from the battering that our... (laughs) that our minds are getting from this week. Yeah, I think I that, feel I, like uh, I feel like this is very much a healing process. 
Well, it's 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 another voice entering into the into the conversation that sounds a lot more like the kind of voice you'd want to listen to, rather than the kind of battering of voices that you don't really want to hear but feel compelled to listen to anyway. I don't know. That's that's probably a pretty subjective perspective, but it's true nonetheless. So anyway, all that being said, and not much else having happened, I say we get to it. I say we get to it too. Okay. We're going to play a couple of songs from the most recent album, Laws of Motion. The first is called Cornerstone, and then a song called I Burn But I Am Not Consumed. This is the Kareen Polwart Trio. She holds her finger to 
In May 1930, Marianne MacLeod from Tongue on the Isle of Lewis boarded a steamer from Glasgow bound for New York City in search of a better life. There, she fell in love with a young man called Frederick, whose family had emigrated to America from Germany two generations before. The couple raised five children. Years later, Mary Ann's middle son would return to Scotland, home of his MacLeod ancestors, whose clan motto is, I burn, but I am not consumed. And here, in the name of progress and profit and executive golf, he would pit himself against time and tide. And in his wake, the shifting sand dunes of Balmedy and Aberdeenshire would never be the same. That son of Mary Ann MacLeod is powerful. But so too is the north wind. The nice, the marbled metamorphic rock of Lewis is two-thirds the age of Earth, amongst the very oldest to be found on our planet. It knows about power, and it's seen a lot. And so, I wondered, what might that rock of Lewis have to say about the 45th President of the United States of America? Mary Ann's middle son, Donald John. And this is what the rock told me. Oh, son of Lewis, lonely boy, hewn from granite, salt and sky upon a foreign shore. The ocean is a mirror gleam in which you see yourself and nothing more. Three billion years of gravity, of strata forged in fire and earth, the stone crib of your mother's birth, in which your forebears lie. I am alive, I am a tomb. I burn, but I am not consumed. I burn, but I am not consumed. Fish may swim at your command across the Atlantic to the land of dreams and self-belief and boundless chance and exile tale and immigrant dance. You're captain of a frigate now, so set your compass, raise the mast, blow up the sails, erase the past and future if you must. Together we can stand and watch the peatland turn to dust. But this is your apprenticeship. The Gulf Stream doesn't know your name, nor does the splendid blazing sun that alters how the currents run. The north wind never heard you roar. You're fired, you're fired. My back might burn, the fires run wild, but I am not consumed, my child. The minch blows up a spindrift storm. The matter shifts, the matter moans. From Uig Bay to Luskin Tyre The gale blows fast, the tide flows higher The shore erodes and disappears And meantime, you are stoking fears And stacking hope into a pyre You strike a match Oh, 
mother was a weaker once Who played upon my rocky shore And knew you are a broken boy And you want more and more and more You build a tower, you build a wall You live in fear that they might fall You who see nothing but your own face In the sheen of the Hudson River to come, although by then you may be gone and leave a desert to your sons and daughters. Still, these waters, they will rise, the North Sea Har will cover your eyes, despite your disregard for truth and your appetite for lies. Three billion years of gravity, of strata forged in fire and earth, the stone crib of your mother's birth in which your forebears lie. I am alive, I am a tomb. I burn, but I am not consumed. I burn, but I am not consumed. <laughs>